Welcome back to another All Out Blitz podcast. You are back here with Jeff. And Brady. Breaking down week six of the NFL season. Yes. What should we talk about? Oh, wait. Yeah, week six. Oh, yeah. There's other news to talk about, too, I though. I never thought about that. <laughs> other news to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about this crazy decision by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins announced yesterday that they are officially starting Tua time, which means Tua will now be the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, the Mr. Beard, Fitzmagic, yep. had a little little chat with the media today talking about how he was actually heartbroken. It's yeah. his exact he words. Said he was saying that uh, he thought that this was his team. Yeah, he it uh, it broke his heart to know that he is now going to be backing up. He's not. He's playing amazing football. He is. You and I had this conversation yesterday, and you were you were saying um, why change something after it's going like so well? If it's working, why change it? Fitz is used yeah. to being benched when he's playing terrible football, throwing three picks a game. Yeah. You know, he has all. But he is leading this team. He's having fun. The last two weeks, they've blown the Niners out. They've blown the Jets out. Yes, it's the Jets, I understand. But two dominating wins. Tua comes in for a matter of maybe a handful of plays. All of a sudden, he's starting. It's just, it, this, this, this makes absolutely zero sense. And breaking news, I got a notification. The reason you, you saw me look at my watch, there's a notification. Seattle Seahawks are positioned to sign Antonio Brown. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they would. They got Whatever. phenomenal wide receivers. Let's call it Clown Town from now on up there in Seattle. Yep. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure what this move is about with Brian Flores down there in Miami and why they're sitting Fitzmagic. It just makes absolutely zero sense. I, I always figured, you know, if Fitz was going to have these games where they'd lose because of the way he's playing or something like that, then absolutely, if two is healthy, throw him in there. But they're winning football right now. They are. They're dominating football right now. And right. they're in a great position to go do something this year. Go do it. Why make a change now? It just makes absolutely zero sense. Um, you know, it, it'd be healthy for somebody like Tua to be able to sit behind all of these rookie quarterbacks. And we'd be able to sit behind uh, a seasoned veteran that's done good and done bad to learn both. Uh, from, from a vet like that, it, it would do tremendous help to Tua and the team long term. It just makes makes zero sense to me. But that's just something I wanted to bring up in case folks haven't heard yet. Uh, but again, you know, if you're listening, thanks for listening and thanks for joining in All Out Blitz podcast here. Let's move into some additional news. Um, players of the week, right? Week six. That's what we're covering here. Uh, NFC Players of the Week, NFC Offensive Player of the Week has been uh, Matt Ryan, the Iceman, uh, and that's due to his outing and the first Falcons win of the year um, against the Minnesota Vikings. Threw for 371 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, completion percentage of 75%, passer rating of 136.6, near perfection. Yeah. Um, our favorite player of that, uh, our favorite play of that game was whenever Matt was looking like he was about to run the ball. Which he knows he turtle, can't. Little turtle. Because the turtle and the misfiring lawnmower shouldn't run. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of stepped back. He tossed it to Julio, and uh, he took. He did the rest. 
Yeah, kind of stiff-armed uh, Kendricks there, too. Yep, and, right uh, in the end zone, touchdown. About like 30-yard touchdown. If you're wondering about the misfiring lawnmower comment, check out a couple episodes ago. I think it was two episodes ago. Maybe, <laughs> about, about, maybe a little more. I can't, yeah, when I, right after the right after the, the Falcons-Packers game. Check that episode out. It's good stuff. Um, defensive player of the week uh, from the NFC, from the Arizona Cardinals, safety, Buda Baker, uh, seven Baker. tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, and one interception. He is one of the best safeties in football. He is one of the best safeties in football. Um, the last player of the week, special teams player of the week, kicker from the Chicago Bears, from the Bears. The Bears. Cairo Santos went three for three on field goals, two for two for points after the touchdown for an 11 points total from Cairo. Kudos to that guy, I guess, because the Bears have had issues with kickers, you know. But I will spit. I, I will. I got to give a little love to the Falcons kicker, Young Way Koo. His stats were actually better <laughs> than Santos's, and actually the equivalent of 16 points. I think going four for four and four uh, PATs, nothing missed. So yeah, we'll see how that's being voted. But anyway, kind of iffy. Congrats to those guys. AFC Players of the Week. Start uh, this absolute dump truck, monster beast. Call him what you want. I'm AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Derrick Henry, running back from the Titans, rushed for 212 yards. Got a 92 yard rush for a touchdown. Receiving yards was 52. So that is 264 total scrimmage yards in one game for Derrick Henry, including two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, you got it, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. You got it. That makes sense. Um, I'm going to save the next best for last, actually. But this time, I'm going to skip to the, the uh, AFC, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week is kicker from the Broncos, Brandon McManus. Six for six for field goals, 18 points. Um, we're seeing people like Harrison Butker miss PATs after PAT after PAT, which is crazy for some reason this year. This dude nails six for six. So you definitely deserve it. Final AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Defense. Baltimore Ravens Defensive End. Uh, Calais Campbell. Listen to the stat line. Campbell. Five tackles. He had like a million sacks. Three sacks. Four tackle for loss. That dude was in the backfield just disrupting the other team, which is fantastic. When we watched like, clips of that game, bro, he was like getting a sack like, he, every drive. He was everywhere. He, he was, was absolutely everywhere. Dude so um, torn through people. Yeah, that 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 offensive line had no answers, <laughs> none for anything. Um, let's start diving into the games. Let's and, do it, and then at the end we'll talk about current leaders as we jump in towards Week Seven, which we'll be recording tomorrow. Yes, we will. Uh, today is Wednesday. Took a little break. I had a long day of work. Brady had schoolwork to do, so I actually remembered. I just forgot to tell you. We uh, we're Take recording. A a, we're recording a day late, but yeah. it is what it is. Because guess what. We're still talking week six. Yes. Tomorrow, we'll, we'll preview week seven. Um, remember this week, week six, no games on Thursday. A whole ton on Sunday, two on Monday. Let's talk about the first one on Sunday. Let's do it. The Broncos and the Patriots. Uh, Drew Locke is back. Page, or the Broncos haven't played in like three weeks. In my eyes, a shock winning. A shock it was. Winning. A, it was a, a pretty shock good winning. shock, but the Broncos win this game 18-12. And, a, um, and for some reason, uh, I know it's Cam Newton's first game back, but he wasn't looking like the regular Cam Newton. No, I mean, Cam Newton, th uh, when he threw, th um, what was he, 17 for 25 for 157 yards. 
which is pretty crazy. But Julian Edelman threw two passes in this game, two for two for 38 yards. <laughs> uh, Drew Locke, on the other hand, uh, went 10 for 24. So a big Jeez. rushing game. You don't see many passes here, 189 yards, two picks, and they still win this football game. Something um nothing yeah that's just really 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 crazy um just find gilmore i didn't see him doing that great as well well they weren't passing much (laughs) i guess Um, when you look at running uh the the running game it you know philip Lindsay, i think went for he went for about 101 yards um, so he had a great game. Melvin Gordon, of course, was out due to illness, probably due to that DUI that he had the week uh, that week prior. Uh, Cam Newton, of course, ran for 76 yards as well. So he That's was gross. running for his life, it seemed like. And anybody outside of him did absolutely squat, which is why I don't really know they if he's, lost. I don't know, really know if he was running for his life most of the time. He just likes to run. Yeah, I think he was running for his life. The, the, the Broncos defense was, really showed up in this game. There was at least one time where he thought, like, all right, I'm going to run. I'm sure it was. That's always in it, that man's mind. That's what uh, that's what he's always done. That's what what his makeup is. So uh, I'm sure that was there. But that, that Broncos defense, even without Vaughn Miller, um, definitely went up for this challenge and came out with a big win. Yeah. Good Next job. game, I was kind of surprised at as well. More points than I expected, but the Cincinnati Bengals and the Colts, uh, the Colts win this one 31-27. Like I said last episode, the Colts are kind of like a back-and-forth team. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. They really are. And the Bengals, of course, uh, have no problem really, except with the exception of last week, putting up points. Um, Again, come out on the losing end of this thing. Hey, we've been there. Yeah, but I'm waiting for the Bengals to turn it around. Yeah. They seem like they're right on the cusp. They're right on the edge. Keep saying that. I, well, when you only lose by four points every week, it's they are. They're right there. They're right there at the end of it, and they just can't. They need to get over that hump and then start being more consistent. But we'll see what happens. Sure. Um, but definitely a, a much higher scoring game. And this was also the game that we weren't even sure it was going to happen because the Colts, a couple of days before, uh, had those false positive notifi- or, uh, COVID notifications. So they kind of had to close up shop for a day and then came back and everything was fine. Yep. Uh, but that didn't seem to deter them or change their mindset. So kudos Colts on pulling off a big win against the Bengals. Next game, Detroit Lions with a big statement win. That's not even a statement win. But my boy Matty Stafford pulled it together with a win over the Jags, 34-16. This game was never in question. Lions had full control from the very beginning. Uh, Matt Patricia's job potentially on the line if they lost another game in a row. Um, that's the third coach that's been fired this year then. Well, Head he wasn't, coach. though. He's, uh, you know, he's still there. But he's got to be on the hot seat. He's got to because ever since he was there, he's been there the last two years, they have not been a good football team. But... Uh, DeAndre Swift had a great game, so he's he's beginning to become more of him uh, his all star type of self from when he was in Georgia. That's hey, um, just one game, but he's been he's been steadily getting increases in rushing attempts and playing more of a crucial role in the passing game. So he's getting a lot more field time. Is AP still running? AP still trucking people. AP's he'll do that until the day he can't walk again. 
He should just retire. No. He's been on like five different games. Doesn't matter. Like Go for all 32, years. man. Beat the record. Who cares? Uh, good win for the Lions, though. Jags have been playing pretty good football, and to blow them out like that, fantastical. Yeah. We'll see what they do this coming week. Um, next game, we, of course, loved. Atlanta Falcons beat the Minnesota Vikings 40-23. Um, Blowout. It was, it was the Falcons from the from the first whistle. Um, Matt had an absolutely amazing game, which is beginning, why he's Offensive Player of the Week. Beginning of the game was phenomenal. Matt Ryan throwing Julio Jones for a touchdown. The next drive, Kirk Cousins' very first throw in the game, pick to Deion Jones. Yeah, the uh, Falcons' defense showed up, apparently. Three interceptions this, in, in this game. A.J. Dion- Terrell making one with his legs. Deion Jones, A.J. Terrell, rookie, first pick for him. Uh, played excellent football, by the way. Great defensive skills. Looks like he's a first-round pick, which is awesome for the defense uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Also, another linebacker interception, Fouye Aluakon. Uh, also, probably one of the biggest stud linebackers the Falcons has uh, right now, making some great progress this year. But a big win with uh, with uh, interim head coach Raheem Morris. Um, that that leak that week they it led up with a lot of uh, talk about Morris taking the Falcons out of their comfort zone, not babying them or coddling them in practice, but making sure that they stay accountable. And if that's true. And Dan job. Quinn has been babying these men for playing football for millions of dollars. He should have been fired years ago because that's absolutely pathetic. But Raheem Morris hopefully looks to turn this thing around and maybe put himself in a position to be the full time at the end of the season. We'll if see what we, happens. If we win next week, that just proves that Dan Quinn's been babying all those guys. And well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to take more than two wins because uh, it, it looks like the offense came out. I mean, Matt Ryan was yelling at people again. Everybody loves when that happens. Uh, the defense was playing good football. Julio Jones, two touchdowns, including his first on the season, and it's week six, which Jump is just ridiculous. Surprise. But that's how it is every year. It is what it is. He was, like, injured for, like, th- three weeks maybe. Yeah, but uh, Falcons with a big win in Minnesota against the Vikings. Yeah, I thought, like, I thought for sure, like, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, it's Minnesota. It's not going to be that hard because they're not doing great this year. But after I found out, like, we're in Minnesota, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I remember. Yeah. Just remember, I picked Minnesota, and the Falcons won. Won. So I'm also picking this week. You don't tomorrow. Even, you're preview not for tomorrow. That the, I'm going to pick the Falcons to lose again. <laughs> Lions are winning. Just because. Uh, we'll talk about that game tomorrow's episode, though. And then, of course, what was uh, what was my toilet bowl is the next one, which is the Battle of the Turlet Conference, the Giants and the Washington football team. The Giants pull out a victory by one point, 20 to 19. We still, and that we is still be- didn't agree on that. That is because Ron Rivera said, I play to win. I don't play to go into overtime or tie. So they went for a two-point conversion and missed it instead of just kicking the field goal and going into overtime. So comes back to bite river riverboat Ron there a little bit, but the Giants get a victory. We still didn't and, agree uh, that that's the same toilet bowl the week. We didn't, but you want to know why? Because we were even talking about this on Sunday. You're like, I told you that was not going to be. It was such a good game. It was such a good game because they're both equally as terrible. If you pair up two terrible teams, it's going to seem like a good game, but it was garbage. Giants got their first win, though. Yeah. There's one more team with zero wins left in the NFL because the Falcons win and the Giants win. The New York Turd Jets. Exactly. (laughs) But, hey, 
you know, brand new coach for the Giants, Joe Judge, gets his first victory as head coach in the NFL, which is awesome. There are still a few in that toilet. There are still a few teams that are just looking around, but the, the Oh, Jets. yeah, the, the Falcons are still in the bowl. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but the, the Jets, they are down the drain. They're, they're kind of hovering there, just barely peeking out of the hole right now. They're like, they're just... Yeah, they're, they're trying to stay afloat, but you know what? It, they're they're about down. They're trying to grab onto Washington, but Washington's yeah. not letting them. They got rid of Le'Veon Bell, and they're just they're floating down the tube now. Uh, Once they lose next week. I'll tell you what, gone. this next game was a lot closer than I thought, and this is the Battle of the Birds where the Baltimore Ravens played in Philly against the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Ravens won this. That was close. 30-28. to 28. That was close. What is up with the Ravens? I don't, they're not Last the Ravens. year, teams feared playing the Ravens and this defense and this defense should be very good now the Eagles did play this is probably the best game that they played all season on all three phases of football offense defense and special teams and they still lost but the Ravens playing Lamar Jackson isn't scary anymore the running back yeah you know like last year Anytime you, you're like Lamar, highlight, highlight, highlight. We talked about this last episode. The only, the Nothing. only on TV, like whenever they show an NFL ads, the only highlight they show is whenever he juked out that one Bengals defender. Yeah. But it's just, it's weird to see because they were such a dominant team last year and they pulled away from games. And this, and maybe that's fine that they're not. They're still finding ways to win, but they're just, they're, they're not. not playing, they're not playing like a ta- playoff team. They're not as exciting to watch. Like they were last year. Uh, but Next hey, game. the Ravens going to win. Yep. And the Eagles lost. Eagles. So the next game, highly disappointed. Highly disappointed in this team. The Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost by this so This was much. never in doubt. The Pittsburgh Steelers dominated the Browns with a win 38-7. Ben had a great game. The defense destroyed all hope in Baker Mayfield, I think. Yeah. Now, the Steelers played amazing football. They're always known for their defense, and it was no different this past Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. But the way that the Brownies were playing, they were playing like a playoff team skyrocketing to success, and uh, they turned out looking like <laughs> a pile of brownies. Um, pile of brown stuff. <laughs> That's really what it looked like, and it was it was definitely sad to see. But the Steelers uh, showing their dominance, still undefeated, uh, with a big win over the conference foe, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on that game? It was it was it was just a it was a it was dominated game. It was terrible. It was disappointing. I guess unless, I mean unless you're a Steelers fan, then it was fun to watch, and they probably enjoyed it. But I look for I look for good football games like this next one. The Houston Texans battled, and when I say battled, I legit mean battled, battled. the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Titans get the victory 42-36. Going into overtime. Yes. Derrick Henry going out of you Wildcat can't for stop a touchdown. Him. You just can't stop him. Going out of Wildcat, yeah. touchdown. Um, what did I tell you, though, about Deshaun Watson and that interim head coach, Romeo Crennel? As soon as O'Brien was gone, they turn it up. He was a big problem in that remember, locker room. We remember that one play, Deshaun Watson throwing down to Fuller, I think it was, for like a 
40, 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. He's playing amazing football now that this offense seems to have opened up. Defense is playing well. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to see what they do. Tennessee is a legit team. I mean, last year was no fluke. Yes, they lost uh, one game here so far this year, but that was also a battle. Uh, it, it, it They have everything going for them in Tennessee. The Texans are up and coming, finally getting their feet underneath them and stabilizing a little bit here now that O'Brien's gone. But um, I'm looking for them to see to grab some wins here in a row. I'm looking for them to go on a streak here, the Texans, with some wins. But that was an amazing football game, a battle from the very beginning, throwing, running, everything. Uh, absolutely great football game. I enjoyed watching that. Yes. Next game. Next. The Bears. The Bears. With the win over the Panthers. The Bears with the dub. Uh, the Panthers. 23-16, Bears get a big win. Uh, Panthers, of course, coming off a victory over the Falcons in Week 5. They come back. I'm uh, not going to lie. Still missing McCaffrey, even though Mike Davis is filling in very, very well for them. And it looks like McCaffrey will be out for another week. But the Bears putting it together for yet another win. Lie. I was a little bit surprised whenever the Panthers lost. Because the Panthers aren't like a terrible no. football team. They're not, but the Bears have been playing good football against good teams. They have. And uh, ever since they put Nick Foles in anyway. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I, this was another one where, you know, it was 23-16, so you definitely had some points in there. But, again, it was it was a good game. It was a good, fun game to watch. You definitely had some battles there uh, looking to see what the Panthers can do. Teddy Bridgewater still playing good football. Yep. Um, Matt Rule finding how hard it is to coach in the National Football League. Yeah. That's how it goes. You got to yeah. learn a little before you can start winning football games. You don't just come from the college ranks and start winning right away. Especially nope. when your team isn't all that and you're missing your stud running back. Yeah. Um, but we'll see when he comes back. You know, looking for, I was talking to a buddy of mine that's a Panthers fan this morning and, uh, Looking forward to when McCaffrey comes back. I think with the with the recent success of Davis at the running back position and McCaffrey's absence, back. he should be coming back this week or next week. I think in two weeks. He's he's already been ruled out for this week, um, so possibly next week. But I think with him coming back, I think that is going to open up that offense even more with the success from Davis because you can either have that two headed monster running back situation with McCaffrey and Davis even throw Davis in the backfield with McCaffrey on the field and spread him out wide to because uh, he's, he's just as good in the passing game but as the rushing sometimes game. Sometimes putting Davis at the fullback position. Yep, exactly. You can do so much when you have those those two players out there at the same time. So that should definitely help Matt Rule in his offensive game plan uh, going forward this season once McCaffrey is back and healthy. Next game. Next game was the absolute whooping. The Miami Dolphins gave the Jets the only game so far this year where a team scored zero points. The Dolphins crushed the Jets 24-0. Not surprised it's the Jets. Uh, and it's just, it doesn't matter if it's Darnold or Flacco. Adam Gase is the problem here. He should have been fired after this beating they took. Not sure what's happening there. Um, I, I just, I can't understand why he hasn't been fired yet. Um... But the Dolphins just come. I mean, came out, and it was it was so fun to watch Fitz Magic play this game because he was just smiling, laughing, having a great time. Um, 
the final series for the Dolphins. Tua gets his first snap as an NFL quarterback, and you could just see how genuinely happy he was to be in the NFL playing football again after that horrific hip injury that he had in college. Uh, and and Fitzmagic with just a smile on his face, just watching Tua go out there. Yep. Um, that alone breaks my heart watching Fitz get benched for Tua right now because you can see how awesome of a guy that beard is um, helping these young quarterbacks kind of grow up quickly in the NFL. Yeah, he was just smiling because he was happy that dude was actually getting some playing time in. He's like, I and he played well. Yeah, he did well. And um, after Fitz just watching him play for a little bit, he's like, yeah, I could see this kid being growing up to be a good quarterback. Yeah, and um, it just you know nobody expected Tua to be the starter after he just gets a couple of plays in. No, if they wanted to start him, they should start him like another like. Two or three games. If Fitz is playing bad. If the yeah. Dolphins go to win three games in a row, why change it? There's no reason to. I think maybe next week, I think if the Dolphins lose, or this week if the Dolphins lose, uh, they will they might start Fitz again. Who knows at this point? Because this decision makes zero sense. So who knows what they're thinking, but we'll go from there. But the why absolute... not just start Jake Fromm now? No thanks. The, bills. the beating uh, the Jets just got should have had enough to get rid of that head coach. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Um, next game was another annihilation. The battle, the battle of the Bays. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, that one. crushed the Green Bay Packers thirty-eight ten. Aaron Rodgers comes into this game with zero interceptions. He throws two. The first of the two being a pick six. And the team just never got back from that. Wow. Plain and simple. You know, it's weird seeing the, like, not seeing the Packers do phenomenal like they usually are. Yeah, they were pretty dominating. Aaron Rodgers came out after that game saying that it was good for them to get the beating that they got because the Packers team needed a kick in the butt. <laughs> get and back I know, to work. I know he's just saying that because they have been dominating games this season so far. Um, but Tampa just came out and destroyed them. That de- Tampa defense is no joke, and that started last year when they started coming on towards the end of the year. They had so much pressure on him. They gave him no time. They gave no room for, for Jones to run. Um, A.J. Dillon, rookie running back for the Packers, had a couple of nice runs in there, but the, the Bucks really just overpowered the, the Green Bay Packers in every facet of the game. I think people also saw, like, in the offseason that the Bucks were going to be, like, of, like, a – Oh, and like a 16-0 and 0 team, but they're like... Well, they just did that because Tom Brady was there, which wasn't realistic. It doesn't mean anything. Well, people are also thinking that because they also got Gronk back now, Yeah, too. and Gronk's a turd and does nothing on the football field. He doesn't. So, um, just give him back to New England. No, he should have just stayed retired, but that's that's my, th- my thought one, on that He retired one. for one year. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but Tampa's playing really good football right now. Bruce Harians and, and Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator there, has everybody firing on all cylinders. Their running game is great yep. behind Rojo. Um, Cornette wasn't playing this week, I don't think. No, McCoy, Shady McCoy got some carries, which was cool to see. Um, but, Tom, you know, Tom's playing well. The rest of the receiving crew is playing well, which you expect because they got stud-wide receivers. They put it together here. It's a huge conference win. Um, yep. against the Packers for the Bucks, That was a good statement game for them. So we'll see where that carries. Uh, I definitely did not expect that. I expected the Packers to win this game, and, and in turn, they just 
I didn't think it, I didn't, just didn't I didn't show think, up. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was going to be like a blowout. Or I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, but I figured the I Packers were going to win this like without any problem. Twenty to like thirty, maybe like twenty, like like twenty something, like thirty. Packers. But, uh, yeah, Packers. I just I don't, I don't know what happened here. I don't know. They just came in too complacent and just figured they'd win. Training camp. You guys got to pick up something. Well, there is no training camp this year. <laughs> there was well, really practice, no training camp. I mean. Well, they'll get there. They'll get there. It was one game. You know, one game doesn't define anything. So that's okay. Uh, they'll come back strong, I'm sure. Uh, next game, the Rams and the Niners. And the 49ers win this game 24-16. to I didn't expect this either because the Rams have been playing really good shock. football. The Niners definitely injured, not looking so well. But Jimmy G came out looking a lot better. Um, last week. Raheem Mostert. Got injured again, going to go back on IR. So it's going to be up to McKinnon and Coleman uh, to carry that running game. Uh, but it looks like the you know the Niners put a good four quarters of football together. Yeah, the Rams looking the Rams losing while they're looking like a playoff team. Yeah, and it's even worse when you lose to a divisional team. So when it the Rams is. are beating everybody else, and then you lose to an injury ridden 49ers team, that's just tough. That's really tough. And you know it was only by eight points, but. A loss is a loss when it comes to divisional games. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the Sunday games. Let's talk about the two Monday night games. Of course, there was a Monday night early game. There's a good one, then there's a bad one. <laughs> exactly. The early game, which was, was 5 o'clock Eastern time. The, be the better game. Which was it's terrible timing by the NFL. Chefs they should have swapped Bills. those games. The Chefs the, and the Bills. The, the Kansas City Chiefs at Buffalo. Uh, reigning game from the very beginning. It was a sloppy, messy game, but the Chiefs beat the Bills 26-17. This is a great football game to watch. Um, great running games. Passing games got going there as well. Um, Buffalo Bills, uh, they're going to have to see if they can come out of this one. I want to yeah. see how they're going to react in their next game um, with losing to the Chiefs like this. I think that's going to that's gonna say a lot about how the rest of the season for the Buffalo Bills is going to go. This is your game of the week, by the way. This was, and it didn't, and it didn't, uh, it didn't let me down. It, it was a really good football game. Even with the rain, uh, it just showed how versatile these two teams are to still put up that many points. Um, coaching, I think, was absolutely uh, amazing, honestly, from both sides of the ball. Um, Buffalo Bills, of course, missing their star linebacker in this game, Matt Milano. Hopefully he comes back. I definitely think he would have made a difference in this game. Um, they need to put something over the cameras that, like, protects the water from on there. There's just, like, <laughs> cameras there that you can't see squat out of. Well, you know, when it was like that, well, in Buffalo, like, we're not that far. We're only a couple hours. And when it's raining and it's humid, it fogs up, it gets wet. It's just a, a mess, and they have to switch things. Um but it was a great football game, and, and it definitely should have been the later game. I think they would have had better viewership, especially, you know, folks on the West Coast when this game started. It was only 2 o'clock in the afternoon, NFL. Come on. Yeah. Um, but the Chiefs get a big win, 26-17. And then the final Monday night game, the Arizona Cardinals destroyed the Dallas Cowboys 38-10. to The, the Andy Dalton-led Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott, of course, being on IR with that horrific ankle injury. The Cardinals came out, offense humming, defense shut down, Ball anything out. possibly. Zeke, multiple fumbles again. That dude can't hold on to the football again. at all. When did, he fumble? when did he fumble a lot? When he played the Falcons, they fumbled twice. 
Oh. He's fumbled every other week so far this season, including twice against the Cardinals again. Any, any other season so far in his young NFL career, he hasn't fumbled, I don't think, more than two or three times in an entire season. Mm. Which is pretty crazy. Now, I'm going to make a prediction. Make a prediction that the Cowboys are going to make are either going to make a trade for Dwayne Haskins or Sam Darnold. Okay. My prediction. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. I don't know about that. It's going to happen. They signed and paid Andy Dalton to for for this purpose alone in case something happens to Dak. That was their insurance policy. I don't know if they have much going back. But here's the good thing. Um, star young linebacker Leighton Vander Esch should be coming back here very, very soon, possibly this week, which could completely alter with it, the way that that defense works. He is by far the leader, and that has hurt by not having him on the field. Now, that doesn't help if Zeke wants to fumble a couple times a game and Andy Dolan can't put you know throws together to, to CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. Um but I think they'll do just fine if the defense can can help out here a little bit. Yeah. But the Cardinals showing what they got. Cardinals balling out. Yeah, what they got as far as uh, uh, a pretty terrific team here so far this season. It's good games this week. Yeah. Well, well a couple of bad ones. That happens every week. But, uh, but that's it for the review of week six. Let's talk about... Um, leaders, a couple of a couple of leaders, and actually before I before I get into that, I saw this thing today, and you know, for any Falcons fans listening, if you're not a Falcons fan, just appreciate this because you may not even know who this person is or pay much attention to him. Everybody should know and respect the name Grady Jarrett. I know him. So when you talk about top defensive tackles in the NFL, you think of Aaron Donald. You think Fletcher Cox, you think Chris Jones. Not many people ever talk about Grady Jarrett. My favorite player in the NFL is number 97, Grady Jarrett. On the Falcons. On the Falcons. Um, These stats came out today that so far this year, this season, um, they talk about the highest pass rush win rate as a defensive tackle. So anytime it's a pass play, how often that player wins his battle against the offensive line. They also have a highest um, rushing win rate. So if it's a run play, how high it is. He is, Grady Jarrett is the only player, only defensive tackle in the National Football League to appear in the top 10 of both of these lists. Wow. Grady Jarrett is number one as the highest pass rush win rate as a defensive tackle, he wins 25% of the snaps that he is in. Next is Chris Jones at 20, and Aaron Donald is three with 19. Nobody's even close. Now, as the highest run stop win rate, Grady Jarrett is seventh. So he's the only player top 10 First in that list is Jeffrey Simmons from the Titans, 58%. Two is Christian Wilkins from the Dolphins at 48%. Steven Tuitt from the Steelers is 47%. Grady's only at 43, and he's number seven. Only player to be on both top ten lists. 
dude's again. a stud. Put some respect on that man's name. Um, Good job. Let's get let's get into uh, top some, five some stats: passing, rushing, and leaders. Top five leaders: passing, rushing, receiving, up through all that good stuff. Week six, uh, passing yards: Dak Prescott still number one. <laughs> only by I don't even have to plan. I still get yards. Only by thirteen yards. Number two. And that's, by the way, Dak Prescott has 1,856 yards. Matt Ryan's number two that's with 1,843. Deshaun Watson is number three, 1,786. Josh Allen, four with 1,713. Patrick Mahomes comes in at five with 1,699. Wow. Um, 1,699. Touchdown leaders passing. Russell Wilson, number one with 19 also only has three picks. Number two, Josh Allen with 16, has four picks. Three, Patrick Mahomes with 15 touchdowns and one pick. Four, Tom Brady with 14 touchdowns and four picks. And then there's a three-way tie for fifth between Tannehill, Rodgers, and Watson for 13 touchdowns. Uh, Watson has five picks. Rodgers and Tannehill both have two. All those guys on that list that you just said are phenomenal QBs. Absolutely. Interception leader. Kirk Cousins with 10. Carson Wentz, 9. Fitz with 7. Baker Mayfield, Phillip Rivers, Daniel Jones, and Kyler Murray all tied for 4th with 6. Baker Mayfield, 500. Um, let's get into receiving grades, and let's talk yards first. Uh, it goes like this. DeAndre Hopkins, 601. Robbie Anderson from the Panthers, 567. Stephon Diggs, 555. Calvin Ridley, 546. Justin Jefferson, 537. Justin Jefferson, by the way, a rookie. Yeah. Um, touchdowns, number one, Adam Thielen with seven. Two, Mike Evans with six. Three is a tie between DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley with five. Uh, tied for fifth is a four-way tie between rookie sensation Chase Claypool uh, Tyree Kill, Tyler Lockett, and Will Fuller with four. Calvin Ridley's balling out this year. He really is. He's trying to play for a big contract, which hopefully he we gets. can find money to pay him. <laughs> uh, let's move on to rushing, and let's first talk yards. Uh, leading rusher, Derrick Henry with 588. No. Two, rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire with 505. Three, Dalvin Cook with 489. Four, Kenyon Drake with 478. And five, Ronald Jones with 472. Touchdown leaders rushing. Number one, Dalvin Cook with seven. Derrick Henry with six. At number two, there is a four-way tie for third between Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley, yes. Ezekiel Elliott, and Josh Jacobs with five. I was wondering when Todd was going to Christian up. McCaffrey <clears throat> is next on that list with four, and he hasn't played in, what, four weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's fifth, that's third word on the back. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing that guy come back. Um, that's it. That's it. That's it. Four that current leaders up through week six. So yes. um, let's close it out here. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. If you're new, thank you for listening. Please continue to listen and share this podcast with your friends and family. Uh, just having some father-son fun here with uh, talking football every single week, twice a week. 
Uh, and this is our week six NFL review. Look forward to tomorrow's episode talking week seven and any additional news that comes out in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, that closes it up for our week six review. Yeah. So, with that being said, appreciate you listening. Thanks for joining. Stay and safe. Stay healthy. And tune in now and tomorrow for week seven. Yes. So from us here at the All Out Blitz podcast, enjoy your evening and we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Peace out. Peace.